1: Welcome to The Compassionate Life with Dr. Brittany King. In this hour, you'll hear stories about kindness, selflessness, and of course, compassion. The hope is that you'll be inspired to create some compassionate moments of your very own. Now, here is Dr. Brittany King.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Brittany King, and you're listening to Voice America's The Compassionate Life on the Empowerment Channel. Today, we get the pleasure of speaking with one pretty inspirational person, Miss Blanca Ramirez. Just a little background information on her Blanca Ramirez is one seriously impressive, powerhouse 14 year old female athlete. You should definitely keep your eye on her. She was the youngest female to complete seven marathons on seven continents, all at the young age of 12. I actually got the pleasure of meeting Blanca in February of 2015 during her final marathon in Antarctica when I myself was running my seventh marathon on seven continents in 11 days for pets in need at something called the triple seven quest. And if this is not inspiring enough, Blanca runs for a cause. She runs for operation smile, a nonprofit organization that provides free surgeries to repair cleft palates and other facial deformities for children all around the world. She wants to see every kid smile, and if this is not easy, we will get, as all of this is not easy, we will get to hear firsthand from Blanca herself, just how she does it all. For further information, you can find her at Team Blanca USA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So without further ado, welcome, Blanca. Are you there? Hi. Hi. Thank you for speaking with us today. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of talk about really, I mean, your major accomplishment and then what's next and kind of how you'd manage to balance it all. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your first, well, not first, but your major accomplishment, the one in
3: 2015. Um, I completed every marathon on every continent, and I now hold the record of the youngest female to run
2: a marathon on every continent. That's, that's pretty impressive. You just kind of say it (laughs) there with just a little nonchalance. But um, that's, I mean, I'm in, I'm in awe. I was in awe when I met you guys, you and your dad in, in, well, Chile when we were looking at the penguins, but then in Antarctica for your final race. Um, Yeah, it's super inspiring what you're doing. And I know you probably have some uh, grasp or or reality around what all you're doing, but it's, um, it's inspiring for everybody. So, um, and, in the previous record before that, do you know who it was that they believe was the the youngest to complete all the marathons? Um, her name was Winter. Um, I just
3: forgot her last name.
2: Yeah, I think I read something about that and they, they had believed that, um, that, uh, like Veneki was her last name, um was a 14 year old um, so so that I mean you beat it by two years <laughs> that's a big deal <laughs> um thank you so what tell us about your very first marathon um what did you just go from no running at all to a marathon or did you start with a 5k um, what was your first race and how did you get to the marathon
3: yeah um my first race was just uh, a fun run at Disneyland we did it for fun and like after that, we just started signing up more and more, and went from like five k's, ten k's, and then we did like mm-hmm. like fifteen um, k's, and then half marathons, and then from there we went from marathons, and then just
2: yeah. That no, that's good. I mean, that's that's important. I think to build up. Did. Um, did you was that your idea to kind of start small and build up, or or what kind of inspired you to say, you know what, I can go, I I want to do the full twenty six miles?
3: No, that was that was my dad's idea, just because um, at first he thought me doing a marathon was a bit crazy. So just me jumping into it was seems a bit crazier to him too.
2: Hmm. No, I think that's really smart. Um, a lot of people will kind of question the age of you know. Like young ones running marathons, um, but doing a, a stepping stone I think is a really good idea. Do you typically yeah. run the whole do you do you run the whole marathon or do you run walk or is it just variable per race no i I run walk jog
3: throughout some other times, sometimes I just walk for a short while and then run for a little bit more, just pace myself at a good pace.
2: Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> definitely and then maybe some picture taking a few penguins depending on the route <laughs> yeah Um. do you remember your very first marathon this was before you started the the idea of the seven continents but what was your very first one where was it at uh,
3: my first one was the LA Marathon it was really fun and like you start at the Dodger Stadium and end at Santa Monica Pier and there's like People cheering you on everywhere those so it's just it's so much fun and then like the finish line there's just so many people and like you get to finish with other runners and it's so much fun
2: that's no that that sounds fun um I know I've started to like more of the whether it's a scenic marathon I think I mean that that's probably is that what you like so much about the international ones um the different continents because you you get to see different parts of the world and different cultures do you you're so well-rounded and uh, go ahead yeah
3: it's it's really nice to see so many different things and like running like doing something you enjoy and just seeing so many other stuff while you're at it
2: now I, i read something about your rwanda marathon um what did was there something about a memorial um was that a pretty inspirational marathon for you yeah
3: the the genesis memorial museum we we went there and like it was it was pretty sad and like just to read about what happened there and just see where it all like happened It was a really yeah. sad museum, and it's like it was bad sure.
2: no, I'm sure. Um, but it, it really does open your eyes to, you know, different, well, you know, events that have happened in the world. And um, yeah. so I've, I've heard too, that when you're at some of the places, as you were getting more notoriety, you actually were met with kind of a fan club in different, different continents and different countries. That's, was that really exciting? Yeah, like, at
3: first, it was really weird. Like the first, time that, that happened was trying to like one person saw me and they took a picture and then like a whole bunch of other people came up to me and took pictures and, like it was like really weird at the time but like now that I think that it's like that was really cool
2: yeah I mean, I mean it's really cool it's you're in you're inspiring so many different different people all over the world it's pretty awesome Um, so how many days did it take you to complete all seven of the marathons? Um,
3: 348.
2: 48. Yeah, that's what I had read. That's, uh, that's not, not too long, especially, um, you know, to, to take the time off of school and things like that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your daily routine? I I know in the summer it's probably a little easier to get all the cross country practices and things in, but... When school starts, what, what, do you, what time do you wake up? How many times a day do you have practice? Um, how, do you, how do you, well, let's start with that. What time do you get up and how many, how many practices are there?
3: Um, well, since summer started, um, I've been having practice every day, Monday through Saturday. It was, at first, we used to have practice at 5.30 for summer school kids. So they can get to their um, classes. And then once summer school ended, we started at six through nine. And so now we're just going on until school starts. And then we'll see what how it goes from there. Because I don't know how it goes because my first year on the team.
2: Right. And then you're about to go into, it's high school this year, right? Yeah. That's exciting. Are you are you nervous about high school? Um do you you get to take running as a class, right? Cross country. Uh, yeah. Well, that'll probably help with. Um, I remember, like, with swimming, with me, like, our first period was swim class. So then you had a little extra time to get your workout done, and then and then get ready for school and make it to school. But, um, what kind of, how many, but what kind of, do you know what classes you'll be taking this year?
3: Uh, yeah, actually, um, met with my counselor and I had a like choose my classes and like it was those like fun to choose like my classes because like usually in middle school they just give them to you
2: right oh no, it is fun because you get to pick some of those electives um, like a photography yeah. or <laughs> that's fun college gets even better <laughs> 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 how many how many hours a day like, sleep's really important for an athlete how much sleep are you able to get
3: um, Around eight hours depends on what time I go to sleep at because, like, now since practice has started, I've gotten tired more easily and go to sleep more early.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, Blanca, we are going to take a quick break. Um, We're going to hear some commercials from sponsors, and when we return, we will pick up where we left off. Um, This is the Compassionate Life on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. I'm Dr. King, and we're listening to Blanca Ramirez.
1: your world motivate change succeed voice do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands remember you are not alone Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glynise Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenise and her expert guests who have turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is her live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
1: the compassionate life to reach dr Brittany king or her guest today please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to BrittanyKing.swimbet at gmail.com now back to the show
2: Hi, we're back. I'm Dr. Brittany King, and you're listening to Voice America's A Compassionate Life on the Empowerment Channel, and we are getting the pleasure to hear from Blanca Ramirez. In case you missed the first part, um, she is the youngest female athlete to complete seven marathons on seven continents at the age of 12. So, Blanca, we kind of left off with talking about sleeping um, and your daily routine. How, how important is nutrition? What all do you eat? Um, is there something different? We'll, we'll talk about kind of your daily life, and then we'll talk about during a race. Um, how about your day-to-day routine?
3: You- um, I just, like, first I just get up for practice, home, um, eat, do whatever I need to do at home. And mm-hmm. sometimes I go with my mom to take my brother to football practice. And mm-hmm. then just sometimes we go to the gym after that. Actually, I just came back from it. And then I. At the, don't
2: at really the gym, do are you. Else. Uh, at the gym, are you doing like a weight strength training workout or um, just running on the treadmill or, or what do you do at the gym workout?
3: I, I mostly go on the the bikes to just stay on that one for a little bit. And then sometimes I work on the legs, but that's that's usually what I do.
2: More bike. No, that's good. It's really, um, it builds your fitness to be cross-trained like that. Um, do yeah. you eat anything specific? Like, do you try to eat really healthy normally? You know, fruits, vegetables, what type of protein yeah. Yeah, sometimes
3: I eat the the fruits and vegetables once in a while. Most chunks some junk food in there.
2: (laughs) Every now and then a a Twinkie maybe.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, like before races, like the day before, my mom will make like spaghetti or something or just Mm. have like a small dinner the day before.
2: That's good. What what about during a race, like during a marathon? Because it's, I know... Personally, I mean, it's, tif- it's difficult to figure out your nutrition and get that fine-tuned. I'm still working on it. Um, but do you, do you pack, like, power gels or peanut butter crackers, or do you just kind of eat what's on the course? How do, how do you go about eating and drinking during a marathon?
3: You know, sometimes I eat what they're giving out on the course if it looks really good, just mm-hmm. to have some food in my stomach. And then my dad, he usually follows me on the bike, so... He usually packs like pretzels or like goldfishes crackers and something like that, like some moss back
2: a little more sustenance, yeah, mm, that's good, so see so your dad um he will he some does he sometimes run with you, run walk, or is he usually kind of on the bike helping to coach you yeah no, um he
3: follows me on the bike, but like we're like. Two marathons. I think he followed me for a little bit running until he got on a bike or something like that.
2: That's really. I mean, it's so great. Your family is so supportive. Um, you know, I know this was um, this was your dream initially, but your family's played played a huge role in you know helping you pursue that dream. Um, I've learned too, you know, it, financing these are difficult. Um, do you yeah. have ideas? Because yeah, yeah. you're, I mean, your family committed to doing it all by themselves. And um, I know from personal experience when I've run all my marathons, including swimming the English Channel, personally finance those. Um, and then, but then there's also opportunities for sponsorship. Have you guys looked into that for, you know, kind of your future dreams and goals?
3: Yeah, we've kind of looked into it to see, like, what the best choices are or something, but I think we're still looking into some of that right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it definitely makes a lot of sense. Plus, I mean, you can get a little more of the notoriety to be able to bring more funds back into what you're trying to raise money for. Um, yeah. Well, well I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the the seven marathons. Do you Can you give us a small description of each marathon? Um, Which was your first and kind of the order they went in? If you can remember, I know it's a lot, but. um, Yeah, I know. Okay, go ahead then. Which one was the first and and then go from there? Uh,
3: My first one was the LA Marathon. It was really nice because it was my first one. And there's just people like everywhere cheering you on and really nice and like really it was like nice weather that day so I got lucky and then um there
2: was that what time of of year was that one
3: um in February around there
2: okay yeah that's probably better
3: (laughs) yeah and then there's like people there on the course running with you cheering you on and like they're there are with you most of the time. And, like, there's people there making jokes with you, like, strangers. And then there's people oh, with signs. Like, that's funny. funny signs that just, like, run faster. The person in front of you farted. <laughs> <laughs> I remember then, like, some the, of those. And then, like, the straightaway, the straightaway to the finish was, it looked so far away. Because, like, it was a long straightaway.
0: Mm. And
3: it was really nice because, like, the finish was right by the... the beach Santa
2: Monica Pier it was beautiful I bet that was pretty was it downhill too hopefully
3: Eh, kind of
2: (laughs) yeah um no I bet it is fun it's fun to have the crowd cheer one of my favorite kind of half full marathon events are those rock and roll ones because you get the music and so many people come out to cheer for those that's really yeah those are those are fun ones um, okay, yeah. so what was the, which one was the second marathon?
3: Uh, my second marathon was in Africa. We, we were only there for like two days because I had to go back and um, go to my
2: promotion.
3: So we didn't get to stay there that long. And then, this but it was Rowa- really nice. Huh?
2: This, was the, this was the Rwanda one, right? Yeah. Okay. And you were saying yeah. it was really nice because of something...
3: Yeah, it was really nice, and, like, they call it the City of a Thousand Hills for something.
2: No, oh. <laughs> did you run all the yeah. Thousand Hills?
3: <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> that's Those really were, like,
2: nice. <laughs> the professionals,
3: like the Ethiopians, they're, like, running up the hills. Like, we were running down them. Uh-huh. It was, they were so fast. I was, like, we were doing a loop. They were really fast. They ended up overlapping, like, most of the runners, too. And I think at one point they were like behind me, so I ran in front of them to make it uh-huh. seem like I was beating them.
2: And my dad uh-huh. took a picture. <laughs> that is funny.
3: <laughs> yeah. And it was really nice. People were nice. Everyone was nice
2: there. And that was the memorial one too, where you got to go see the the genocide yeah. memorial. Okay. That's good. Yeah, I have liked um I mean being able to go to the international ones you do get to learn i mean typically they're in somewhere that's pretty notarized and you'll get to learn something about the the city the culture so that's yeah. awesome what about number 3 number
3: 3 was china it was we oh. we got to beijing first and then went to the temple of heaven
2: our tour uh-huh. guide took
3: us there we we were there for a little bit then we flew out to inner mongolia And we got there at night, so we just checked into the hotel. And the next day, we were walking around, like, this little city that they had there. And, like, um, we ate breakfast. And, like, we only ate watermelon, rice, and pancakes because, I'm not going to lie, the food there looked like it was alive.
2: (laughs) What do you mean by alive? Like, scorpions or?
3: (laughs) Look, like, the fishes still had, like, eyes in them and stuff. Oh I do
2: so, so you ran you ran Asia the Mongolian one then that's cool, yeah that how, one how was the, nice like was the, that one a lot a the, lot of hills or anything?
3: There was some hills in there, but it was worth it because like all you saw on the course was like hills full of grass and like lambs like right there, just roaming around, it was really nice and we saw cows just there,
2: oh but that oh, but that was beautiful i you know, to get to see kind of, you're not just running through city streets, you're out kind of in the country. Um, yeah, I, mean, I remember, yeah, I know the food a little, my, my Asia one, one of the Asia ones was the Great Wall of China. And I remember at the hotel, you know, you have your like breakfast before your race and every breakfast was, which is great because I love vegetables, but it was, <laughs> yeah, something either alive or vegetable. There were really, <laughs> there, there wasn't cereal, pancakes, waffles. <laughs>
3: And, yeah, no, and I remember we,
2: that they're like market streets. You could try anything on a stick. And that's when they had scorpions on a stick and um, <laughs> all, all kinds of weird things. I did try a few. but
3: <laughs> just yeah, so. When we flew back to Beijing, uh-huh. um, we're going towards there. We told our tour guide to take us to McDonald's. <laughs> Oh,
2: breakfast. and it's to oh, it's totally different too, right? It's so small, and a large Coke or Diet Coke is like yay big. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, I remember, but yeah. you you somehow feel like comforted by McDonald's or randomly a, a KFC has been a, a few odd places that I've not like would have thought would yeah. have ever been there. <laughs>
3: yeah. And then we went to the the Great Wall, and like right at the bottom, there's like a subway and Baskin Robbins.
2: Yes, I mean Baskin Robbins of all places. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with it, but it's just not something that. I mean, I guess I don't know fast food ice cream. It's not gelato, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Temple of Heaven was beautiful, though. I that was my favorite yeah. of all the touring around around Beijing for sure. Um, yeah, I mean Tiananmen Square was good. Um, obviously historical and important, but. Did you get to go down that Wang Fujing? I think I'm saying that wrong, but that market street, did you guys do the, like, little market at all in in Beijing? Um,
3: No, we only got to stay in Beijing, like, for a little bit before our flight left, so our tour guide took us to the Great Wall.
2: Perfect. I mean, definitely need to see that, so. Yeah. That's it. And then, but, but you did all that in, you said, two days or three days?
3: Uh, I think we stayed in Inner Mongolia for three days and then flew back to Beijing for, like, the night to sleep and then a couple of hours and then flew back to Canada where we went to our connecting flight.
2: Okay. Okay. Right. Those are long flights, too. Do you ever have problems or, or troubles with the long flight and you're sitting for so long, then do your legs feel kind of like jelly and it takes a couple of days to work it out before a marathon? Or or does it not really affect you too much?
3: No, I like the long flights. I don't really like walking on planes because it scares me just because like, I don't like how <laughs> it feels like under my feet. So I just I stay <laughs> in my seat unless I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs>
2: okay well the movies are good right (laughs) yeah there's so many there are um all right well it's actually time for us to take another quick break so we're gonna um hear from from the commercial side of things i'm dr king and you're listening to voice america's compassionate life on the empowerment channel and this is blanca ramirez we'll be right back
1: Us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do
0: you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight and
1: intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on
0: your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Women in Sport has come a long way in a reasonably short time. In the 1950s, most women's sport was casual, recreational competition, followed by snacks or a light lunch. Today, women's sport is competitive, powerful, and in the mainstream, whether it's collegiate, Olympics, or professional leagues. Tune in to Women and Sport The Long Road Up, where you'll discover the path that women's sport has taken over the past 50 years and more. Featuring your host, Carol A. Oglesby. Listen Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America.
1: listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email
2: to brittanyking.swimbet at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, thanks for coming back. I'm Dr. King and this is Blanca Ramirez on the Compassionate Life Empowerment Channel of Voice America. All right, so we finished um, with the third marathon, Blanca. Um, Can you tell us about the fourth one? Yeah, um, the fourth one was South
3: America and Paraguay. It was nice. I mean, I liked walking around. I think we went there. There was a festival going on. So early in the morning, there's people out there in the streets dancing and everything. It was just really awesome to see.
2: And where was it in South America again? Um, Paraguay. Okay. Awesome. Um, Were there any challenges at that marathon, like hills or heat or cold or anything Uh, you remember specifically?
3: It was hot. I mean, um, my dad said it was a really tough course, and when we got there, yeah, it, it was. We had to do two loops, and... Um, I guess it was tough for some other people because some people dropped out on their second loop coming back and it was it was hot that mm-hmm. day too, so the finish line was was um, awesome. There was like a little lake right there when you finish and then like our hotel was only like a five minute walk away, so we didn't have to like
2: oh, wait for wait. anything,
3: we just got to walk there
2: that's perfect cool down well it sounds like the second leave wasn't that easy but especially if people are dropping out that's a another tough course um yeah oh, <laughs> and then um marathon number five where was that one and, and what time of year was this one at we're kind of talking about this all within one year where you completed them all so um what month were you here for marathon five and, and where was it
3: Marathon 5 was in November, okay. and um, it was New Zealand.
2: Yes. That one was
3: one of my favorites because it was really nice over there. It's just like, just like home, except for driving on the other side of the
2: road. Right. Is this the, was this the Queenstown one?
3: Um, I'm not really sure what the town was called. 'Cause we were driving for a while, just I lost track of where we were. <laughs> I heard uh, the course the course was nice. The course like if you take a picture, it could be like the pictures that they put on postcards and everything it was really nice.
2: Oh, my goodness! Now that sounds amazing. Um I'm gonna do New Zealand in November here as well. Um I've heard it was really hilly though the like the course made beautiful, but really challenging was did you find it challenging
3: yeah it it because like the whole course was like on trail, except for probably three miles of it like every time me and my dad we saw like cars, we were like, "Oh, we're close to the street, okay, we're not lost yet."
2: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then nice, how? Like, oh, yeah. It, it was nice because of what the just the.
3: It was nice because the 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 other runners. There's people doing ultra marathons and people doing bikes. They started behind us, and so like mm-hmm. every time someone passed us or we passed them, we are like make sure everyone's okay. But like it was nice. They like they were really nice there.
2: There's a nice culture. I have heard that. Very friendly um, place to travel to. So, um, okay, now we're at Marathon 6. Where was this one?
3: Uh, marathon 6 was in Paris, France.
2: Ah, Paris. <laughs> Yay. I bet that one was beautiful. Yes. Did, did you run around the Eiffel Tower or just kind of through the city or what, what was that course?
3: Um, we went out of the city because I think those, like, major ones wouldn't let me run, so I think we, I did the marathon with the 777 Quest in Paris.
2: Right, okay.
3: So that one was nice. I, I liked the lake, except for, like, this one part of the road where, like, we were running in it and it felt like wet cement on the bottom of our shoes.
2: That Every was time, the like, muddy one. Right. Yeah. Okay. The really muddy one. So then you ran that, and then you back to back, pretty much did Antarctica right after it.
3: Yeah, I, um, I ran that one nine days later after.
2: That's amazing. Did you? Um, I do remember. So the Paris course was terrible. Well, wasn't terrible. They were super friendly. It was like beautiful. Um, you know, kind of outside of, of the city. But um, they did have that really muddy spot where you're, the mud was, you're, you're literally tromping through quicksand for each one yeah. of those loops. <laughs> I remember that. But they had a really good uh, setup for us. They, had, I, they actually had like wine and cheese on the course, if I remember correctly.
3: <laughs> yeah, they were serving you guys wine every time someone would yeah. pass. They'd like have a box of wine right there
2: uh, the French know how to do it. (laughs) Um, okay. And then, so then just after, I mean, marathon seven, that's, that's a huge deal to, you know, be able to recover so quickly. Um, so then you, you made it to Antarctica, um, and camped before. Tell us a little bit about marathon seven. That one, I think was one
3: of my favorites. Because it's just like everyone that we went with, they were funny and weird. I felt like I've known them for a long time when I met them, and just like it was um, fun. Because like when we were sleeping in the tent, um, Eddie, the um, the guy that runs with his without Barefoot. shoes on,
2: yep, Eddie's yeah. awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, he was like our tent neighbor, and he was with um, JC,
2: and oh, they were and he's like, also loud. <laughs>
3: They are so they're funny. loud together.
2: <laughs> they are. Yeah. No, other other inspirational. I mean, I would say, and I think you've stated this before, it, one of the coolest things about running these marathons are just the different people you meet and the causes they're running for and, and their whole, you know, everybody's from a different part of the world. And then you oftentimes see those same people again on another marathon in the future. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie and J C are they're they're definitely a fun group.
3: <laughs> yeah, <But laughs> um, Antarctica was nice.
2: It was, and then you completed it, and then it was. Um, I mean, was it overwhelming? How how did you feel emotionally? Were you like, I can't believe I did this? Um, were you sad yeah. or happy or?
3: I was really happy, but like, I like wanted to like really like. But I just really wanted
2: to get warm, too, at the moment. It, I do remember. It was freezing. And and part of the problem was it was so cold that you had to put so many layers on. I remember yeah. at least. And then after your first, you know, maybe quarter of it, you were sweating so much. Then you were hot. You wanted to take your layers off. But then the air is so cold that as soon as you stopped running, but I actually got cold during running, too. Then you were automatically, I mean, your body temperature was just plummeting. Because of the wet clothes. I
3: I think I started off with like a bigger jacket, like a snow jacket too. Just Uh like to keep warm. It kept me warm until we had to like turn back and we passed the tents. I just left that jacket there because it was way too hot for that one too.
2: Yep. I remember that. I mean, they did have good hot broth for us after, which was much appreciated. Um, Yeah. Did you get... You went over to that penguin island to go. Did you go see those penguins there too? Or just didn't We Chile?
3: we were going on the boat. But like once uh-huh. we got on the boat, we saw like the plane going to land. so we only oh. got close to the island <laughs> and then went yeah. back to go
2: to the plane. Yeah, you want to make sure to get that plane off. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. <laughs> They're like stay close. Make sure you get the flight out.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, we're just waiting for the plane to come back. Like I didn't wanted to go to the bathroom at all there in the bucket, so Oh I, do you I remember Yeah.
2: You know, do you I waited, remember the, so got de- got the,
3: to
2: the plane? Do you got to the plane? Do you remember the demonstration on how to use oh, that? Yeah. It was <laughs> because it's such a pristine environment. What goes onto Antarctica comes off of Antarctica and you had to yeah make sure you were disposing of not only your, your bodily fluids, but everything including the tissue you blew your nose in, um, any wrappers. Everything, which actually adds an entirely different challenging aspect to that marathon um, for people that are interested in running in Antarctica. Um, But yeah, I I actually, I I still have that video saved of the demonstration (laughs) of the toilet (laughs) system (laughs) in the camp. (laughs) Oh, it's pretty funny. So, um, awesome. And then, so you actually did all of this for, you ran for Operation Smile, can you tell us a little bit about Operation Smile? Why did you pick that as the organization you wanted to raise money for?
3: Yeah, um, Operation Smile is a nonprofit organization that raises money for kids out in third world countries who need surgeries for their cleft palate and cleft lips. So they raise money and they go and take trips out there, the doctors, and they set up a place. And they ha- like bring people out there for their kids to get the free surgery, and it just wow, it really amazed me that they go out there just for free just to help those kids out there
2: no absolutely i mean there's the a lot of those organizations um you know doctors without borders um we have Christian Veterinary Mission, we have, um, I actually did a mission trip in Guatemala where we had gone on a medical mission trip to bring just supplies and things like that. But um, how would how would people, I mean, they would go online to donate. Um, I was reading something about um, when people were donating for for you, for your cause, was it, you know, they could do like $20 a month and um, was it pretty simple? Do you, do you still raise funds for them?
3: Yeah, um, I still I still raise funds for them. Actually, last summer, um, Mm -hmm. they had like a student leadership like conference and stuff, and they invited me to go and stay with them for the week and just
0: participate in
3: the events. And like the whole week, they had like speakers from different organizations speaking to us about what they do. It was it was like really nice to meet all those different people and like. The year before that, the conference was in Ireland, so, like, there's people from oh. all over the country and the state and, like, the whole oh, world.
2: Oh, but that was awesome. Where um, where was the conference, this one, that you had attended?
3: Um, it was in California, so it was at Chapman University. It was close to Disneyland, around there.
2: Well, that's fun, still. <laughs> that's really cool. Um and what what is, I've heard, you know, there's a quote that you um, that you like, you know, in regards to Operation Smile. Um, what is that that kind of keeps you motivated?
3: So, I just, like, want to see every kid smile because every kid deserves to smile. Like, when their parents see them smile for the first time, I bet that's a really good moment for them, like, after their surgery and stuff.
2: You know that, I mean, that's so, it's. honestly that that warms my heart um you know you're such a, a neat young lady that um is is taking their passion and their their talent and using it for the good of others um and no I can't I can't imagine you know having having that you know being a, a deformity as a child, and then being able to have a corrective surgery, and then that feeling exactly of seeing your baby smile for the first time—you um, know, you really, you really are a wonderful woman, Miss <laughs> Blanca. <Thank> so, you. <laughs> we're all right. Well, it is actually time for us to take another short little break. Um, I'm Dr. King, and you're listening to Voice America's The Compassionate Life on the Empowerment Channel. This is Miss Blanca Ramirez, and we will be right back.
1: Find us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception?
1: listening to The Compassionate Life. To reach Dr. Brittany King or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to brittanyking.swimbet at gmail.com. Now, back
2: to the show. Hi, we're back. I'm Dr. King and this is Blanca Ramirez on The Compassionate Life at Voice America's Empowerment Channel. Um, so we're going to pick up kind of where we left off. Um, we just talked about Operation Smile and the funds you raise for that nonprofit organization. Um, we, we talked earlier about how your family plays a huge role kind of in your, in your life and your athletic dreams. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your family?
3: Yeah, um, my oldest sister, she's actually at a job right now in Pennsylvania, at a camp, and she's, like, a basketball counselor right there for the kids, and she's going to college at, at Aurora University in Illinois.
2: hmm and, and then she plays... Oh, go ahead. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all right. Um, she
3: plays basketball over there, and she's um, playing track over there, too. That's how she got over there with, like... The offer they offer her to go, and awesome. And my other sister, she's actually going to college too. This is her first year, and she's mm-hmm. actually just going to be in California. She's going to Mount Sac.
2: Okay, well, that's good. That's close. Yeah, and and then are you are you pretty close to your sisters? In the middle. Well, um, I meant uh, relationship-wise. You guys are a pretty close family, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of support. Um, tell us about Jordan, your little brother.
3: Um, he's going to be in second grade. He likes to run, and right now he's just going. Um, he's on the city gremlin football team, so it's his first year doing football. And, like, mm-hmm. he's always saying he's going to break my record.
2: And he's how old?
3: He's seven.
2: He's awfully young, um, but he can't take away the youngest female. <laughs> I don't—he's yeah. got gall- a But, I, you know, I've been seeing how you—I mean, you're really a good big sister because you've been coaching him and cheering him on, and um, he's, he's already run a half marathon.
3: Yeah, he did his first— um, last year and actually he just qualified for the half
2: fanatics with me wow that's really cool um I know he looks up to you so much so um what about your parents your mom and your dad
3: um they they're a big part too cause like if if it wasn't for them I wouldn't like done what I've done like right now cause like they've They've
2: helped me throughout everything, and yeah. I'm thankful that they let me do this, yeah I mean because there's there's so much um involved when when parents help support it I mean you you know obviously you can't drive quite yet, so I mean someone's got to get you to cross country practice, help you know well encourage yeah. your dreams and your goals, and then all the travel logistics it's it's not an easy task, and it takes a lot for really involved parents and good families to, you know, be so, you know, and well just involved with their, with their whole family um, and coaching them and just being good parents. We, I feel sometimes we lack a lot of that in today's society. So my parents are wonderful. Um, yeah. who, who is your role model in life? It could be someone from the past or currently who do you have a specific one?
3: Um, The one who really, like, inspired me to, like, do all these marathons on the continents, um, Nadia Reese. She had the record of being the youngest female to complete 100 marathons by age 28 or 26. I'm not sure which one it is.
2: Amazing. That's incredible. So she was your inspiration. Have you ever met her?
3: Yeah, I've met her a couple of times. Like the first time I met her and like heard about her was um at the Hard Rock Cafe 5K in Hollywood. So after that I just sometimes I see her at um every now and then at other runs too. So wow.
2: Um what about um kind of media exposure? Have you met famous people? Um I know you've had some interviews from like NBC and and pretty impressive. Uh, news places um do you which one was your favorite
3: um, I think they're all my favorite because I get like a whole <laughs> other nice thing political stance that's,
2: <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> yeah um that's pretty good so um all right so have you well one have you thought about college in a few years um
3: uh, I'm definitely going to college, but I'm just not sure if I want to, like, go in-state or out-of-state yet. I'm not sure about that.
2: Right. I mean, there are, there are pros and cons. I'd gone out-of-state for two years of my college and then back in-state. Um, me being so close to my family, I was actually a bit homesick and ended up coming back in-state. But... Um, you know, I mean, you, we've well, probably got a fan club and you make friends easily anywhere. So I'm sure you'll be successful, whichever you choose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what is next on your horizon as far as, um, you know, what do you have a goal in mind? Um, what, well, first off, what's your very next marathon you're going to run? Let's talk about that one.
3: Um, I actually have um, two coming up, one in September and uh-huh. Ventura, the Ventura Marathon. Um, the race director actually gave me a free entry for that one.
2: Wow, that's a perk.
3: <laughs> yeah. And then um, in October, I'm doing the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C.
2: Okay. Now, is that one like a really difficult course? Is that a hard one or, or just um, sponsored? I'm
3: not sure what the, the course is yet, but like it's really hard to get into. It's like, A lottery to get in.
2: I have heard it's difficult to get in. Yeah, a lot based on age and things like that. Well, congratulations, that's exciting. Have you ever thought about like the majors or you know where you run Boston and all those? Do you think you might want to do that someday?
3: I would like to do Boston, but like first, I just have to like concentrate on getting my speed up and keeping up a good pace and everything.
2: What is your fastest marathon?
3: Uh, actually, uh, my fastest marathon I did in May this mm-hmm. year. And yeah, and it was um, five hours and <laughs> 36 minutes, I think.
2: That's impressive. I mean, that's so good. Um, yeah, I mean, training's important, but, but also, you know, listening to your body. It's okay to run, walk, um, and, you know, and doing different speed walks or speed. Uh, training exercises are going to definitely increase your, you know, increase your total overall time. So, Um, and then what about a next, like, kind of big goal um, do you have in mind, like redoing all the seven continents or anything like that?
3: Uh, Yeah, I would like to redo all the continents. Like sometimes my dad's over here saying, like, oh, you can go out and, like, run them with your brother when he does it. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Um, what about have you thought I, I know kind of in our marathon community that one of the big things is running the fifty states. Have you thought about that?
3: I I want to. Yeah. So fifth um Washington would be my first state other than California. So I'm gonna try to get on to that, but
2: yeah. To takes a while um it's hard it's hard when you're balancing the rest of life you know whether it's school or work later um but keeping that healthy balance and you turtle wins the race right (laughs) yeah yeah um back on i had one question about operation smile do you can you think of um, any particular person did you know of that benefited from operation smile
3: no i i don't know anyone
2: i know not particular i mean helped tons obviously but i was just curious um and then i would like to kind of close with because you've been so inspiring to all of us hopefully everybody that's been listening and definitely myself um what is the one piece of advice you would give to someone pursuing a dream like you just don't
3: take no for an answer just don't give up when people try to put you down. It's it's a struggle to finish but like the the end result it's they're always like a good moment.
2: It's always worth it. it- thank you I think I think that's really true Um, don't give up because you know what you're not competing against everybody else you're competing against your own goal Um, and the only time you give up or the only time you lose is when you give up so um, I think that's an awesome piece of advice thank you Well, Blanca, it's been such a pleasure getting to hear from you and thank you for taking the time. I know you're a very busy lady with cross country and all kinds of training and and everything like that. So um, thanks for joining us. And then be sure to follow Blanca Ramirez on Team Blanca USA. She's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'm Dr. King, and this was A Compassionate Life on the Empowerment Channel at Voice America. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for being a part of The Compassionate Life. Please join Dr. Brittany King again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, how will you leave your compassionate mark on the world?